What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Talk with Big Near. And today I have no guests. It is just me. So if you're new to the show, you're probably not used to the old format. Like if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes, I used to record by myself before I started getting guests all the time. But I wanted to bring it back and do one by myself because I feel like I haven't. And I've been having this case that's just been sitting on my iPad that I needed to cover. So I was off today. I was like, you know what? Why not go ahead and get another episode recorded? So hopefully you guys enjoyed just me, which y'all should because if you've been listening from the beginning, you already know how we used to get down. Okay, and if you're new to listening, hey, I normally have guests, but today it's just moi, and you're going to love all of this, okay? All of this, you're going to love, and they better get the same amount of views that the guests get, or I'm not posting no more episodes for a minute, okay? Now I'm just playing, but today's case is about a woman named Renisha McBride. So, Renisha McBride was 19 years old at the time of the incident that happened that we would get to. She was born on April 11th, 1994. She was a very sweet young lady. She was outgoing. She cared for everybody. If she was around somebody, she would offer a word of advice and try to cheer them up. That is a quote that someone said that knew her. She sounded like a very sweet young lady. Her cousin, Monique Hobbs, said that Renisha had a frustrating habit of making you laugh when you were mad at her. Well, she sounds like a ball, sounds like a sweet girl. She was very spoiled. She got whatever she asked for. She crashed two of her cars, and her father bought her another car each time. Now, wait a minute. We got to stop right there. Because uh, if I was to crash this one car, my mother would have been looking at me like, well, I guess you don't have a car anymore. But she crashed two and her father kept buying two cars, so he had to pay off that car plus that car. They got a little money. That's what that sounds like. They got money. She loved a scene. She loved to crack jokes. Um, she graduated from Southfield High School in 2012, where she was a cheerleader. Guys, if y'all don't know, just side note real quick. I have always wanted to be a cheerleader. And I'm going to tell y'all this story, and y'all don't laugh at me. I remember when I was younger, we, I was at, like, you know how you have a little, like a YMCA type place that have like little programs for kids? Well, this one was called, I think, WD Hill. If you're from Durham, you know WD Hill. I think that's the name of it. They had like a cheer thing in there that this lady was doing. So my mother let me go because she knew I wanted to cheer. So she let me go, y'all. She let me practice with them. She let me do all that. But when it was time to start sending the money 
for the uniforms. My mother said, yeah, no, I'm sorry. You ain't going to be able to go no more. And ever since then, I have been crushed. And I have been wanting to be a cheerleader my whole life. But I didn't get to practice. Like, you took me out when I was a child. I can't go and try to join in high school and middle school. Like, these kids have been practicing their whole lives. Like, I missed my opportunity to do it. But it's okay because when I have a daughter, she will be a cheerleader. And she will be the cutest little thing ever. But that was off subject. Let's get back. I just had to tell that quick story because I was very upset, y'all. If you ask anybody that knows me, I was very upset about not being able to be a cheerleader. Thanks, Mom. Thanks a lot. So anyway, she recently accepted a job at Ford. So she was, you know, probably like four. They didn't say if it was like the like manufacturer, like the warehouse, or she was working at the Ford dealership, like if she was selling cars. They ain't really say all that, so we're just going to say she's working at Ford. I'm not sure which one. So on November 1st, 2013, Renisha was at home playing video games with one of her friends, and they began drinking a bottle of vodka together, which is, the girl is 19, so who the heck? Well, no, nah, I ain't going to say it. It's easy to get alcohol. Her friend could have been 21, or they could have known somebody that was 21, but it was at the house getting lit. So, after they got lit, they ended up getting into an argument. No one knows what for, which caused her friend to leave. So, then Renisha get into an argument with her mama, which must have been she was already mad at a friend for whatever bullshit. So, her mom probably said some slick shit to her, and then she was already lit. So, when you lit, you get into an argument, like, you already there. Then, if her mama came on some, oh, what are you doing, and why are you so loud, or why is this the set third? Yeah, that... Yeah, not good. So she got into with her mama. So she left the house to blow off some steam. All right. Around one in the morning, a well-kept server of Dearborn Heights. This is, oh, this happened in Michigan, if I did not tell you. So in Dearborn Heights, a resident named Carmen heard a large crash outside of her home. Mind you, it's one o'clock in the morning. She looked outside and seen Renisha had crashed her car into her husband's vehicle, which to Carmen's husband's vehicle, which was parked on the street. I don't know why people love parking on the street when you got a driveway, but whatever. So Renisha got out the car and she was disoriented. Obviously, she looked drunk. She had blood on her hand from like the wounds she got from the accident. So, you know, Carmen's coming outside like, yo, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Then Renisha just leaves. She leaves the scene before the cops could get there. And then, like, she came back for a little bit, and then she left again. But this is all before the cops arrived. So she crashed into Carmen's husband's car. Carmen see it. She called the cops. Renisha gets out. She's a little, what the fuck? And then she just leaves. I'm sure she was drunk. Like, she, they drunk a whole bottle and she's 19. So her tolerance ain't that high. So, yeah, I'm sure my girl was zooted. So, no one knew where she was between 1.30 and 3.40 in the morning. During this time, her father is trying to get a hold of her. So can you imagine your 19-year-old is missing? It's 1.30 and 3.40 in the morning, and you cannot get in contact with her. Shit, you probably ain't even see it since before she left the house because you probably wasn't there. So this man been trying to get in contact with her. That's a long time to try to get in contact with your daughter, and she left the house angry, and she's been drinking. 
I know her parents was, oh my goodness, I couldn't even imagine. So then at 3.40, she ended up on a man named Theodore Welfer. I hope I'm saying that right. Doorstep. Theodore was employed in maintenance and transportation for the past 10 years at Detroit Metro Airport, where he had the highest security clearance. He attended Northern Michigan University for a year, and he cared for his 81-year-old. He's taking care of 80-year-old parent. I'm sorry. I, damn, I didn't even write which one, but okay. So, Renisha was unarmed this is according to authority she was unarmed and she was just looking for help because she just got into an accident and theodore alleged that he accidentally shot her because he believed that she was trying to break into his home and i know y'all like wait a minute what yeah i'm about to get into all that details so just remember that she's unarmed i mean she's unarmed she just got into an accident i'm sure head on like she hit the, probably hit the car from the back, so she got into a whole head-first collision in her case because she smashed into another car. So the, and she's drunk, so she's really out of it. Keep all this in mind. So, apparently, he opened his front door, but the screen door was still closed when he shot Renisha in the face with a 12-gauge shotgun. He blew this girl's fucking face off. He shot her in the face with the shotgun. I'm sure she was on his porch. So he shot her pretty close range. I need y'all to understand that. He shot this girl in the face with a fucking shotgun. Like I never even heard this story so I heard it on the podcast. And I was like, what the fuck? He shot this girl in the face with a shotgun. I cannot stop saying that. So he calls 911 and he said, I just shot somebody on my porch with a shotgun that was banging on the door. With the... Somebody banging on your door does not need for you to open the door and shoot them in the fucking face. That, that does not qualify for that at all. No way, no how. I don't care what time it is. Call the cops. You don't open your door and shoot somebody in the fucking face. So Theodore was not initially arrested because he said it was an accident. So his name and race was never mentioned in the incident report. Like when the news and everybody found out, they did not know this was a white man and she was a black girl. No, they just knew that a black girl got shot, but they never said by a white man. They never said that. Because, of course, they didn't want it to look racially motivated. But once everyone found out that it was a white man, oh, you know they lost their script. And this is back in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, everybody lost their shit because their Black Lives Matter was going on strong. Yeah, it was a lot going on then. So, yeah, they was like, fuck that. This man needs to be arrested, which I agree. He shot her in the fucking face. Like... Oh my God, I'm sorry I keep cursing y'all, but I just can't, I can't get over he shot her in the face. So Theodore was eventually arrested and charged with second degree murder, manslaughter, and related gun charges. So Theodore then alleged that he was home alone, he was scared, and thought someone was breaking into his home after he heard loud banging on his front and side door. So he said he shot her in self-defense. 
I had to take a pause because you are a grown ass fucking not not saying that you can't get scared. I'm not saying that. But you thought if you thought somebody was breaking into your house, why would you open your front door? If somebody's banging on your door, on your door trying to get in your house, why would you open the door? If you were that scared, you open the door, that means you ain't scared. You like, what's up? So you can't say I was scared and I opened the door and shot him. No, if you was really that scared, why did you open the door? But I digress. According to police testimony, there was no sign of a forced entry and there was no damage to any locks on his home. So there was no sign that somebody was trying to get into your home, that somebody was banging on stuff. Well, I guess you really can't tell signs somebody was banging, but you can tell somebody was trying to get in. And there was no damage to nothing. Everything seemed perfectly fine. But according to the toxicology report, Renisha blood alcohol level was roughly 0.22%, which is almost three times the legal limit, which was uh, 0.08. And 11 times the 0.02 legal limit for minors. I didn't even know minors had a legal limit that you can drink. I thought you couldn't drink at all. Oh, this must be for Michigan. The reports also show that Renisha had marijuana in her system. So my girl was high and my girl was zooted. My girl was smacked. Of course, it's vodka. Vodka gets you loose. Like, you give me some absolute, I am the life of the party. Well, I'm the life of the party regardless. But if you give me some absolute, I'm throwing ass everywhere. I'm shaking so I can't shake no more. Like, vodka gets you there. So on July 23rd, 2014, the trial began. They had a jury of seven men and four and women, and four was black. So seven men and women, and but four of them was black. Which is actually good. That means only three was white. Mm. Okay, Michigan. So defense attorney says that Theodore feared for his life. His heart, y'all, listen to this. His heart was coming out of his chest when Renisha was banging on his door multiple times. He would eventually grab his shotgun. There was a shot. This is quotes of what he is saying. There's a shadowy figure coming off the porch and going to the side of the house. He thinks it's not one person. It's two or more people. Once again, I said, if you were that scared, why would you not call in the police? If it is more than one person, what you think you can do? Shoot all these people? Because you don't know where they at. It's one that go around the house. It's one at the front door. So why the fuck would you open the door unless you was about to shoot and run out? And that's not what you was doing. That is not what you was doing. So why would you open the door? Make it make sense. I'll wait. I'll wait. Because make it make sense. Because it, it does not make sense to me. If you was really scared, you thought it was more than one person, one at the front door, one going to the side of the door, why would you open your door? Why was the cops not the first thing you called? Why would you shoot, then call the cops? Because you knew it was a black girl on your door, or you just probably knew it was a black person. Either way, you probably didn't care. You was going to shoot whoever it was. Just say that. If that's what it was, just say that. So witnesses say Renisha wanted to go home. I guess the people that saw her said that she just wanted to go home. Maybe at the scene, she kept claiming she wanted to go home. She was out of it, y'all. Like, I'm not excusing her actions or what she did, but she didn't deserve to get 
shot in the fucking face. So during opening statements, prosecutor Danielle Hogman clerk told the jury that <clears throat> Theo did not have to kill me, uh, Renisha, which he didn't. His actions that night were unnecessary, unjustice, and unreasonable, which I agree. She added that there was no evidence that McBride, which is Renisha, attempted to break into his property after she banged on his door. Exactly. My girl needed help. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. She's going to have to bang. If she did a little... She did a little soft knock. Wasn't nobody really going to hear that. She had to... She had to bang. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And then plus she's... She's got to an accident. She's so dazed. She's so confused. And she's drunk. Theodore told the police that he did not know his shotgun was loaded when he fired at Renisha in self-defense. <sighs> Y'all, this is making me mad. So, okay, let's go back. You thought it was more than one person, so you opened the gun, opened the door. You still had the screen door closed, but you opened your front door with a shotgun that you didn't think had bullets in it, but you assumed that it was more than one person trying to break into your house. That does not make sense, dude. That does not make sense. Does not make sense. So according to, uh, according to records played in court, I didn't know there was a round in there. That's what he told the sergeant. I don't get it. Who's knocking on your door at 430 in the morning? Bang, 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 bang. Somebody wanted in. Like... Y'all, this just pisses me off. And this pisses me off so bad. Dearborn Heights Police Captain Tim, I cannot say his last name, testified that if, that the front door screen of Theo's house was leaning out the frame when he examined it. Theo's attorney are using this as evidence that McBride damaged his home. But apparently another captain told jurors he did not dust the door for fingerprints until a week later. So, y'all had no plans on arresting him, clearly. Y'all was going to go whatever story he said, clearly, because you didn't even dust for fingerprints. That should have been done at the scene. So, y'all already went there with an open and shut case. Oh, okay. You thought somebody was at your door? Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Doesn't even matter what really happened. No need to take evidence. We're good. We're good. Oh, this shit is stupid. So, Devonna Barnes who is a friend of Renisha, revealed that she was on her way to a small get-together at his home before she crashed her vehicle at 1 a.m. on the 2nd. I think she might have been drinking. She was slurring. So I guess he talked to her and she was clearly out of it. So defense lawyers are saying it's not a race thing because he did not know who was trying to get into his home. Which, okay... Okay, you 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 could say that, but then again, I don't know because I'm sure he can look out the window and see her. Like I'll see, I'm sure he saw, I'm sure he saw her. Or maybe not. Maybe he don't have his lights on. But either way, that don't account you opening the door and shooting. You should have called the cops. You shouldn't open the door at all. And I'm gonna stick on that. And that's how I feel about that. So the medical examiner said that Renisha was three feet away from um, Theodore's shotgun when he pulled the trigger. It's not far, y'all. Three feet is not far. Shotguns are fucking powerful. Like, I know... 
I'm not even trying to be graphic, but I knew it blew her fucking face off. This is why it's making me mad. Because she was really not that far. Like, her parents, I'm sure she had a closed casket for one. They probably couldn't even, like, I would hate to even have her parents to have to identify her like that. Because that is fucking terrible. He's a piece of shit. That's what the fuck he is. Another examiner, Dr. Warner Splits, testified that Renisha had a laceration on her left hand, which could have been caused by pounding on Theo's door. Okay, she needed help. Like, all right. Prosecutors suggest that Theo's self-defense claim was created in an attempt to have the jury find him not guilty if he acted in the honest and reasonable belief and fear of his, fear of his life. Yeah, we know what he's going for, but it won't work. Referring to the police interview, prosecutors quoted Theodore telling the police he was angry and full of piss and vinegar the night he opened the door and fired at Renisha. Yeah, that sounds more like it. You was mad somebody was banging on your door and you wanted to be a dickhead and open the door and try to play tough. You seen probably a black person, you probably shot him. Or you probably seen it already from upstairs, you probably lit out your window and seen. Um, man, fuck him. On stand, Theo claimed to prosecutors he shot McBride in fear. Bullshit. He told prosecutors during cross-examination he must have disengaged the safety accidentally and hit the trigger as a result of total reflex action. I mean, total reflex reaction. I'm sorry. But jury saw a videotape police interview done with Theo hours after the shooting in which he told the police he forgot the gun was even loaded and his plan was just to scare Renisha. Either way, why are you trying to scare somebody if they're trying to come to you for help? Why not call the cops? Like, you're you're trying to be tough. You're trying to be bad. And you shot this girl. Now you're trying to bitch out on it. No. Be a man. You're a grown-ass fucking man. I think he was very much in his fucking 40s or 50s when this happened. So very much be a man and stand on your shit. On... August 7, 2014, a jury found him guilty of murder and manslaughter. On September 3rd, 2014, he was sentenced to at least 17 years in prison with a max of 32 years. But, you know, it wouldn't be him if... <laughs> not I'm trying to be funny, but it wouldn't be right. They People that normally do fucked up crimes or most people that commit murders always appeal. So, of course... 2022, Theo bitch-ass appealed his sentencing on the line that his constitutional rights were violated when a jury was allowed to convict him of second-degree murder and involuntary manslaughter, which is pretty much like the same thing. So, in his case, I get it. I get it. I, I get it. that They probably should have just stuck the one. I, I kind of get that one. If your rights were violated. I mean, he did a fucked-up thing, so fuck him. But that's the also the, the one of the fair part of me is like, all right, either way, you did commit a murder. So they could drop one, and you're still going to jail. Like, you still committed a murder. So they're trying to say it's like double jeopardy. Double, I can't talk. Double jeopardy because he's pretty much getting charged with the same thing. Because, you know, second degree murder is pretty much like voluntary manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. It's kind of all going the same umbrella. So. Judge Diana Hathaway resentenced him to 15 to 30 years in prison in prison 
under the guidelines with credit for time served, which he was already here served like eight years by then. But I looked it up and his ass is still incarcerated. And his earliest release date is August 5th, 2031. And his max is August 5th, 2046. He's already 64 now. So it's safe to say his ass will probably die in prison. And I don't feel bad. I know that sounds terrible to say, but that was an unjust killing. You didn't have to do that. You could have called the cops and I would have been saved. I'm not saying people don't have the right to defend their home and their property if they feel like it's being broken into. But I feel like if you're so scared and you're alone and you think it's more than one person, why are you trying to go out there and confront and go out there and try to have a shootout? Who, who the fuck you think you are? You watch too many action movies. Call the cops. But I feel like he's sent. A part of me feel like he knew it was her. He looked out the window. He looked somewhere. I, I don't know. But even then, when you open the door and you seen it was a female, and I'm sure you seen blood, and you just shot her. Like, come on, he's a bitch. He he he's a bitch. He's a fucking bitch, and he deserved everything he got. And I don't feel bad for saying none of the shit I'm saying because it's fucked up. You shot this girl in her motherfucking face. Yes, she shouldn't have been out drinking and driving. She shouldn't have left the house. She should have went to someone's house right away. She shouldn't have been out riding around that late at night. I don't know what her, I can't remember what her and her mama got into. I don't know what her and her friend got into it about. But I know they both wish that never happened because she would still be alive and she stayed her ass at home. Not blaming her. Because no one deserves to get shot in the fucking face. But I wish she would have ended. I wish she would have stayed where she was with that lady and dealt with it like that. She should have stayed at Carmen's house. When you crashed at Carmen's house, you should have stayed at Carmen's house. Like, I wish she didn't leave. And then I'm wondering where the hell was she at for those, like, two hours? Was she knocking on other people's doors? Well, no, because I didn't see no reports about that. So, like, no one know where she was during that time. She just ended up at his house. And... The way he sound like a racist, his house probably looked like he was a racist. I, I don't know. I'm just talking. Look, now I'm just talking. I just picture it like he probably got like a rundown looking home. He could not, but well, no, he's in a nice suburb, suburb, <laughs> a nice suburb area. So it, it might not be like a rundown house. She probably thought it was somebody that could help her. But I do wish she just would have went to somebody's house. He's a bitch. He shouldn't have shot her. That was fucked up. And that's pretty much all I got to say about this case. I wanted y'all to hear it because when I heard it, I was just like, I never heard this case before. She got shot in her fucking face. But justice was served and he's still locked up, which is so freaking good because at first it was starting off shaky. I ain't even going to hold you. At first it was starting off shaky. But Renisha got her justice I'm so sorry that she had to get shot in the face. That is terrible. Do y'all hear me? Terrible. No one deserves that. But thank you guys for listening to the little mini. It's not really like a mini. It'll probably be like 30 minutes. Episode of Killer Talk with Big Near. With just Big Near. I think I'm going to start doing certain cases by myself because some cases, like a lot of cases that I have, I got cases ready, y'all. I got like two, three cases ready that I want to record. One might be a two-parter. 
my first two-parter. I'm excited. But it be certain cases where I be wanting to hear people's reactions right then. And in certain cases where I feel like I could just cover and I don't need nobody. Like cases like this. If you notice lately, the most recent cases that I have done alone been cases kind of like this. With like, like disappearance or uh, mysterious death like Jabaz Turner. Not Turner. Jabaz Spain. The young man. I don't know what episode he was in. I can't remember. But the young boy, 14-year-old, that went missing in Florida, and he was found dead, like, what, two years later? And then I did the fine Dr. Jelani Day. I hope I'm saying his name right. But, yeah, so, I, and then this one I'm doing alone, and this is kind of like a, a, not like a serious case, but, you know, I can do this without really having the opinions right then. But certain cases would be so fucking wild that I'd be needing opinions right then. But... Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this case. I'm going to try to do some more solo ones because I do miss recording by myself. It is pretty cool. Uh, as always, make sure you guys like and comment. Tell people I need more of a Spotify followers so I can start getting paid. Because uh, I have the people on Apple Podcasts, but Spotify know what they're doing. They ain't, they ain't letting the Apple Podcasts count. So I need you guys on Spotify, really, if y'all have Spotify, just follow the show. We know people tell them. They can listen to it on different platforms, but at least follow on Spotify for me. Com- I need you guys to start commenting. I say this. I'm going to start saying I say it all the time. Comment, 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 comment. Five-star ratings. I need people to see the show. Y'all want me to keep doing this? You got to help me grow. You know what I'm saying? You got to help me help you. I'm taking listener requests like I've always been doing. TikTok, Instagram, Killer Talk with Big Near on TikTok, Killer Talk with BN on Instagram. You can always DM me. Any case suggestions, any uh, suggestions, uh, crit- whatever. What it look, whatever you got, criticism, whatever the fuck you want to give, as long as it's respectful, I'm here for it. Um, I don't know why I'm talking so fast today. <laughs> I hope I was not talking fast on the episode, but I feel like my mouth was just going at 100 miles per hour. It's just, I don't know. But, yes, thank you guys for listening. I love you all so much. Bye, Near Nation. Until next time, bye, y'all.